Hi everybody, it's Kimberly. I'm an eternal life student and that simply means human. At the end of the day, that really is the only title that we need. Today we have a guest speaker. His name is Artem Solomakin. Hey Artem, how you doing? Hi Kim, it's good to see you in person. Ah, good to see you as well. Uh, we got a long history. We've been talking a lot, uh, talking a lot online. So now we finally get to see each other face to face. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> so um, today, uh, the topic is how does media affect our future trajectory? It sounds very fancy. <laughs> Can you tell us a little more about that? Um, yeah, I have a lot of ideas, as do most people. I think it's a subject that is maybe covered a lot, mm -hmm. meaning that we look at media and we look at what was popular in culture. Yes. And then we see some of those things and popular culture play out in real life. So yeah. I think it's really cool. And it's like, um, first thing, the, the one thing that comes to my mind is the show The Simpsons. <laughs> so a lot of the things that The Simpsons kind of foresaw and a lot of people a lot of people would say they predicted the future and everything, but a lot of it's um, projection. So we see like, so this might happen in the future or this might happen in the future. And they put it in a cartoon. And I think it's easy in a cartoon to kind of um, go out of this world because it's easier to kind of, you don't need to invent the logistics behind it. You just put it in a cartoon. Yeah. And then 20 years later, we see it you know, manifest in our culture and our society today. So I think that's really cool. It is and really true. interesting. Um, what yeah. are some, uh, what are some things that you noticed in the Simpsons that uh, I guess played out in the future or is, is new that could be in, in our future's future? Um, that's a good question. More specifically, I think uh, they, not to go political, but they kind of predicted the rise of Trump with the, <laughs> with the yellow hair and stuff. Yeah. Mr. President. So I thought mm -hmm. that's one of the things that comes to mind. Can't really think of any specific details, which um, that's probably okay. should have maybe looked up. But, well, what about like, um, uh, do you ever see the Jetsons? That cartoon back in the day? That was a futuristic so, cartoon. Yeah, the Jetsons. No, I have, haven't watched Jetsons. Um, trying to think of another one. I, I was a fan of Futurama. Oh, really? Did you ever watch Futurama? I have not. What is that about? It's, I think it might have been the same person who created The Simpsons, but I may be wrong. It might not be. It's, um, it's a people, it's, it's like a cartoon, very Simpson-like, but it's all in space. So huh. the premise behind it is, the guy's a normal pizza delivery guy. Okay. And he's going, this is the very, very beginning of the show, like the origins of it. And he's going to deliver pizza to someone. He slips, falls into a chamber that freezes him. And then he wakes up like, I don't know. I don't know how many years into the future, maybe a thousand years. It might be 500 years, but he steps out and there's spaceships flying around. And oh, wow. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> from delivering to pizza to flying saucers and spaceships yeah <laughs> yeah he has a best friend robot oh yeah they go on all these crazy adventures and all that 
that's pretty cool yeah. you know it's true what you're saying you know that it, it is almost easier to put it in a cartoon uh you know that way people you know kids are using their imaginations adults are watching the cartoons with their kids they can almost mm -hmm. test it out right see what people think see whether they think it's it's something that could could happen or if they just say oh no that's just fake you know that type of thing yeah you think a lot of um some people will watch watch these shows or watch these like star trek 2 is another big one yes they say that you know they saw like the the glasses mm -hmm. that google came up with or that google created google glass yeah they had those in star trek the bulky version and then yes. someone probably inspired a lot of people who were maybe worked in tech and they're like how do we make this happen so they look at something from someone who is very creative to someone who is more practical who decides all right let's do this let's see how we can make it happen how do we make it um economically feasible to create it and put it to market yeah like i mean if you really think about a lot of books, not just movies, but even the books out there, the uh, the authors, um, you know, the script writers are using their imagination to create these worlds and to create all these different items. And just the description of a specific thing um, is, is amazing that it can make someone else say, you know what, like you said, we, this is something we can create. Let's see how we can do it. You know, just mm -hmm. a, a computer alone right? Um, a telephone, things like these little things that um, we take for granted right now. You and I are sitting here mm -hmm. talking, I've got a video, I've got a computer, I've got a, a microphone, you know, that uh, back in the day, nobody would have thought could be real, you know? Yeah, and most probably thought it was a dumb idea. Right. Or like, how on earth can you create something like that? You know, I'm going to create a phone where you can you can play on the phone, you can watch videos on the phone, you can record mm -hmm. on the phone, all of it into one little item. And no one's gonna use that. Don't be silly. Exactly. You know, or yeah. they first create it and it's the size of a house, <laughs> and right, then they learn how right. to, to shrink it and make it smaller. You know. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing. Yeah. Um, you ever see Back to the Future? Yeah. Yeah, that's I another like that. one, right? I wanted, I want the flying hoverboard, right? That was the big thing that was really cool that you thought, oh, I wish I had one of those when you first watched it. Yeah, that turned out into a big meme where expectation was a hoverboard and we got those, that board on two wheels that drives forward. And stuff. Yep, yep. Well, I think um, those flying drones, you know, those flying drone things that I think they're starting to do that where people can stand on them now and um, actually start mm -hmm. to, to, they're learning how to fly on them, uh, which is- Really? Yeah, I've seen it. I had, I had seen it, I had heard it, and um, they're really using the drones a lot more for other things. So maybe that's, that's gonna be the cool. new hoverboard. <laughs> Just not too high up, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be something. That'd be interesting how you would, um, how would you put that into practice? You can't fly above a certain height. Exactly. You're going to hit an airplane or get knocked out by a bird. <laughs> yeah, not, not responsible for personal death. No. Like <laughs> Definitely they'll make you sign lots of forms. Yeah. Well, I guess people find creative ways to injure themselves to begin with. So this is you true. can use a bike to fly off a ramp or something. Very true. I, I, ha I can trip on my own feet. I'm very talented. <laughs> <laughs> 
So sneaker waiver. Yes, yes. All right. So we talked about um, some cartoons, some movies and books and things like that, um, where people, you know, you're using your imagination to create all these things. Um, there there's uh, the media, right? Do you think that they yeah. also play a role in uh, creating how some futures uh, occur based off of which what they're saying? So I think there's definitely an agenda. Mm hmm. An agenda, meaning um, recently what we've seen in the United States and maybe around the world, I don't know to what extent, I, don't, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I know, for example, in the United States, there's a big consolidation of the media companies. So um, again, I can't put my finger on the numbers, but maybe three to seven giant corporations own all of the media that we see, and it kind of branches out from there which I think is problematic in that they do kind of decide where they steer culture. Yeah. And then that culture kind of ends up trickling down into our reality as we go forwards, meaning that whatever we find as a society that's interesting or um, put more attention to it, mm -hmm. I think that more and more people would see that. And based on the numbers of if, it gains mass and it's like something that oh you haven't seen this and enough people say it eventually it'll hit those people that will eventually create those products so if it's something that the media decides to um discard or not use right uh, we do have freedom of speech in the united states so it yeah. is possible for anyone to voice their opinion but i think the fact that media is owned by very select individuals like um, for example, Facebook and Google, mm -hmm. they own the majority of our interactions are through Facebook and Google. Like Zoom that we're using is Google and um, LinkedIn is Microsoft. So they get to kind of filter and decide which voices are heard and which ones aren't. Right. And those kind of dictate where we move as a, as a society forwards. And my friend, um, one of my good friends from school, kind of mentioned the one percent rule which i thought which really really resonated with me so if i am a corporation and i think that i'm placing an investment and i get to steer where we look at even by one percent mm -hmm. it greatly affects where we'll be in the next 10 years based on what most people have seen so i think that i thought that was really interesting it's like why pour in all this money into advertising? It doesn't make sense. But then if you think about it, um, ideas have a way of spreading. Yes. So if you allow certain ideas to spread, then that's where we kind of move culturally towards. Um, I kind of forgot the original question. That's okay. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to build off what you were just talking about. Um, okay, so here's my question. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about a lot of different things with all different people. Um, and one thing that I heard is some people say, are your ideas your own? Um, because a lot of times you're being shown what to think and you don't even know it. What are your thoughts on that? It's kind of like you're saying, you know, media can, can uh, kind of gear you to what direction they're, they're putting you toward. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even like you say, Absolutely. Facebook and advertisements and things like that, um, you 
you know, you could sit in there at home and, and you're fine. You're not hungry. And a commercial comes on and it's got a nice burger there. And now all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm. now I'm in the mood for a burger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it could be yeah. as simple as yeah, the exactly. subliminal message. Well, that question, our, our ideas are own, kind of leads me to another question, which is, do we have freedom of thought? Right. Do we have, do, are we free to think what we want mm-hmm. or are we not? Are we basically always under the influence of something? Good and um, I've, I've come to terms with everything that I know is from other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's impossible. Every, every piece of literature, everything that I know was written by someone. Mm-hmm. So I had to interpret it, break it down for me to understand. I can't possibly, you know, dive into um, physics and understand all the inner workings of the universe to be able to say, you know, the planets rotate around the sun or things like that. I have to inherently trust science yeah. and people who are scientists who are doing it very specialized. And then it was broken down, spoon fed to me, things like that. But going back to um, our, our, our ideas, our own, um, I don't think so. And the reason is um, we're influenced all the time. So in, from my understanding is that we don't have freedom of our own thought. Mm-hmm. If I see a commercial, if I see a commercial and I whether I want to be influenced it or not, I will be influenced by any, any, any um, audio, mm-hmm. any visual. I'll be influenced by anything out there, whether it's positive, negative, whether I see something and I'm like, I wish I didn't see it. Yeah. That's still influencing that's me that's to think yeah. that. I wish I didn't, or I wish I did, things like that. So unless we live in a perfect vacuum, where we get no no information from anything but what we decide to look at, mm-hmm. and even with search engines and things like that, uh, things like that. So if I want to search something specific and refuse to look at what other people are saying, so the search engine will also optimize kind of what I see. So um, I think that ideas build on top of one another. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the things that we, a lot of the inventions like computers and the telegraph and things like that, they've taken ideas that existed before mm-hmm. and you take puzzle pieces and we combine things that already exist to create new and original ideas and things like that. So yeah. I think that we may have spin on things that already exist, but I don't think they're, I don't think anything that we come up with today is very original otherwise we'd continue inventing the wheel yes yeah no i mean and you know i i agree with a lot of what you're saying um a lot of times people it's almost like an archaeologist you know you would need them um if you weren't trying to look at what was done in the past uh because Mm -hmm. they're researching and they're trying to see what was done in the past they now can use that information for the present or toward the future um so again, that's not originality. You may put a twist on it and you may see the difference that we have with the materials nowadays. But um, mm-hmm. when you start to look through the history of it, it shows that we we bring back the same things. Uh, you recycle the same ideas just to, with a little twist, you know. Um, so again, um, 
Is it because we're looking at history that we are keeping the same ideas? No, nothing original um, that we're just mm -hmm. bringing it back. You know, you know, things like that. That that's something I, I like to think about. Um, one other, another thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I guess um, our current ideas mm -hmm. and how we and how we try to bring them about into real life. Or um, another thing is that they can be constrained by think by ideas of the past in the sense of, for example, I have this idea that I want to program something mm -hmm. like this cool application. Say it's uh, um, something that already exists, but like say I want to create a video chat and I want to program it. So my constraints on how I create it is the computer language that I choose. Mm -hmm. or the different op or operating system or things like that. So I have to learn what people before me have already created. So I have to learn to use the syntax. I have to learn how to think that people before me came up with the tools that mm -hmm. I have to use to create my idea. So I don't have a way of um, creating, creating an operating system, creating the code for it, and then creating the application. I, I don't do that. I learned... Right language that someone already has created and there's different constraints to that so that may influence how my idea comes to fruition based on the tools available to me yeah you know that's um, a very important thing yeah. about going forward so okay listening to what you say um goes a lot into things i've talked to um about in the past where um you know, how you say you have to learn things before you can uh, figure out how to do them, right? And mm -hmm. I apply this to people, not, you know, to actual people and growing up and how you have to learn from your parents, you know, those who raise you, um, how mm -hmm. to do things. And then um, as you get older, you get to pick things that you like, right? But then um, as yeah. you've, you can't find your originality until you unlearn all those things that someone taught you because you have to become yourself. It's almost like that, wouldn't you think? Um, so you can learn yeah. all the things on the computer, right? But you can't yeah. create something new until you are willing to forget everything you've just learned. But you can't, you can't get there until you've first learned it. Did that make sense? <laughs> now, when you say you can't get there until you first learned it, so you mean like... Until you learn computer programming, you can't figure out how to make your own, right? But you can't be creative and use your imagination if you're thinking the old ways. Does that make sense? Meaning, I'm, I'm struggling with the concept a little bit. I guess <laughs> okay. what you're, um, if I had to reword it, just so we're on the same page, it's like, yeah. I can't come up with my own programming language until I learn one to begin with, how yes, it works. Exactly. Because you can't make it better until you know what you're doing. But you can't make it original until you choose to ignore what you've already learned. Yes. yes this is Isn't very that a, that's a, a little complicated there. <laughs> but it's something yeah, it's I've hard been to wrap about. your head around it. Right. Uh, it's actually something that I've never um, really considered. So it's taken me a little while to ingest. Um, <laughs> All right. So here's another uh, example. Um, yeah, examples help. <laughs> <laughs> 
so for okay it sounds funny um and again i always i always talk to my own personal experiences and, and the things that you know i'm familiar with um mm-hmm. so we'll take my son right um mm-hmm. in the beginning i teach you know i taught him how to walk i taught him how to talk and, and things like that um but what you'll find out is like um my husband and, and myself We'll, we'll be like, oh, that's me. I taught him how to do that. So you'll see them act a certain way. And you'll you'll say that's you, that you taught them how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But when does the child get to be their own person? You're not because of your parents. You are an individual with your own thoughts. Or are mm-hmm. you? Or are you, right? You say that you are taught to think and how to be and things like that. But there is a piece to the a piece to you that is your own and that's that's the part that i like to consider originality you may have all all those pieces that you learn from everybody but Mm -hmm. there's but there's still that piece that's you nobody else and that's where the creativity comes from i think you're right um going back to what you were saying we're i think we're a combination of influences and I guess uh, I'm not a parent, but as a parent, it would you try to um, and correct me if I'm wrong. You try to steer what influences affect this human being growing growing yeah. up. Because um, about something about individuality is that we kind of pick and choose who we associate with, yeah. and that in turn influences who we become. Yeah. So that that's, might be some of the dangers of. Uh, um, being an individual is who you choose, you know, you choose the wrong crowd and they say like, give me your five, give me five people that you associate most with. And then I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's very true. I I myself, it it sounds funny. One of the reasons why I, I joined on the computer, um, was because I don't have a circle. I got rid of my circle a long time ago. And I wanted to create a new one. Um, I wanted mm-hmm. to look for people who could challenge me and help me grow and, and, and uh, you know, do all good things. Plus, I wanted to also provide my skill set for them. Um, and that's not always an easy thing to do. No, I can't find anybody. <laughs> so instead, I'm my own person and I just talk to everybody. <laughs> that's one way of doing right? it. But um, it is true, though, you like you said, your your circle, who you're around is going to influence you. Yeah. Uh, And some of the originality comes from um, choosing who you decide to be influenced by. Since since we go back to the we're never not influenced. Right. So it's whatever whatever we devote our attention to is what we eventually become. So if I always if I choose to always read programming books, eventually, and unless, um, eventually I'll get good at programming or I won't, but I'll know a lot about it maybe, or just something like that. But Mm -hmm. it's, uh, a lot of it is time, which people don't really, um, don't take into effect. A lot of people are like, I think a lot of people think that what their preferences are is what makes them who they are. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's, whatever whatever we spend the most time doing is what we that's who we kind of are yeah. and base base our opinions our judgments are all based on um 
all the data we've collected before. And the only way to do that is how much time we spend devoting to each subject or where our attention goes. So, yeah, well. I mean, what's, what's the one thing people usually say to you? Uh, what do you do for a living? Because that, that's what they consider yeah. your, your identity, right? That's a yeah, lot of time. Your immediate judgment of like, who, where are you on this, uh, this first of all, social ladder and yeah. where, where do you, yeah. It's a good way. I don't know if it's a good way or not, but yeah, it's a fast track to prejudge someone and assume yeah. the characteristics of who they are and what makes them them. Like you're in um you're in um you work in the hospital, right? Yes. So if I if I didn't have any interaction with you prior, then I would assume some characteristics about you, like you're caring and uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of empathy involved in that job, mm-hmm. things like that. So right. those are yeah. some of the characteristics that immediately pin on you if I want to <laughs> ask you that question. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to how media influences us. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. So um, if people, a lot of people watch a certain thing, then eventually, whether they like it or not. And I think, I think most people don't realize because they think they have this freedom of choice. Right. Like, even if I watch something, it won't really influence me. But I think that over time that they are wrong. <laughs> True. No, because you you can't hide uh, your feelings. It's either you're for whatever you're watching or you're against it, but you will have a reaction one way or the other. And if you're watching it all the time, why are you even watching it to begin with? Exactly. Like, no, that's a very good question. You know, um, like, there's, there's, I hate the be... news, <laughs> but I watch it all the time. So therefore, what is that? <laughs> I, you know, I used to watch the news um, and then it started to just, you know, make me feel not good. So I, I turned off the TV altogether. And um, instead I listened to music. And for some reason that I, I feel more at peace, I'm more relaxed that way. Good. Um, yeah. So I've given up and I feel guilty about it. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a, there's this thing where, um, um, all the people who actually care about what's going on in the world tune mm-hmm. out because it makes them feel like shit. Yeah, it's so true. The, so the, so we're going in the direction that we as a collective don't want to go to mm-hmm. because the people who do care tuned out. Yeah. So we're being, it it contributes this is my opinion obviously but it contributes to us going in the wrong direction by people like us tuning out so the people who are filled with maybe hate maybe ignorance maybe like some of these characteristics where it's easier for them to maybe I don't know but I think that in a sense the wrong demographic Mm-hmm. Um, disproportionately participates in our political system, which drives the political system right. in the wrong way, probably. Yeah. Um, and that's when I don't, I've stopped watching the news too. I used to read a lot more news than I do now. And it did make me feel pretty bad. Right. And I have this, I carry a sense of guilt that I'm not participating in something that will make me feel bad mm-hmm. because I'm letting it get steered by people that, you know, that do want to participate in it so it's definitely a push and pull yeah and the people that 
I resonate with their opinions and stuff that are politically active, I have a lot of respect for them for, you know, internalizing the struggle, so to speak, to push, push the more, whatever I feel is a more right agenda forwards, Mm -hmm. because I can't do it. So more power (laughs) to the people who are. Right. Um, Don't tell yourself short, you, you, you actually can do more than you realize. You know, it, 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 uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that every action, no matter how little, is like a ripple effect and it, it changes everything. And yeah, you may not be on the news out there screaming and holding signs and stuff like that, but it's behind the scenes that actually matters. The news doesn't show you all the good stuff. It doesn't show you the things that are being done. And that's the piece that needs to be brought out. That's what people need to see. They need to know that we are out there. You know, we are trying to help and make a difference. Um, It's just being influenced differently. Yeah, that's that's some that's why um, artificial intelligence interests me a lot. That capacity where, um, yeah, a lot of the social media platforms that we use are. Um, use artificial intelligence to decimate, not decimate, disseminate information. So mm-hmm. uh, that's where some of my interests lie. Um, one of the podcasts that I like listening to, he mentions uh, um, an idea that really resonated with me. It's, uh, it's called decentralized artificial intelligence. Okay. So instead of um, a centralized platform like Facebook using AI mm-hmm. to kind of place people into brackets and feed them information that they can see and that way creating bubbles in our society where people can't see out of the bubble right uh artificial intelligence is exasperating that which is a problem right and the whole thing with decentralized ai same thing with decentralized crypto like taking the power away from a central authority Mm -hmm. um taking um, using artificial intelligence on a personal level to kind of dig through bias, okay. which I think is a very powerful idea. Yes. So bringing, pe- bringing um, not only bringing power back to the individual, not only in a sense of like a currency where the centralized power doesn't just print the money, but in a way that I can pick up my phone using an application and I'll give me unbiased results by using artificial intelligence on a personal level instead oh, wow. of having it fed through a centralized way. So, wow. That's a, yeah. very interesting. I like that a lot. I mean, it's basically um, showing real, showing how to be real, right? Yeah. No more sales pitch, the, no more sneaky uh, subliminal yeah. messages. It's here's the real information. Do what you want with it. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah. Cause as it, as anything, I think, artificial intelligence is a tool, right? It's not a means to an end. So depending on how we use it, um, it's a matter of in, in the, in the economy that we are in or not the economy, but in the system that we're in, it's what makes us money. Yeah. So I think that we've figured out how to make money. Things that are centralized, like Facebook have a lot of money to invest in things like that. And people on a personal level, don't necessarily have the means of creating something and then uh, I guess if we were look, to look at it this way what is 
what would be the intention of something like Facebook mm-hmm. you bring bringing out decentralization to people I think it'd be against its interests right yeah because they're, little, they're really little, trying to sell stuff right it's advertising mostly yeah a little harder to control and things like that so um yeah it's interesting where it's going and I think it's a really good thing that people are talking about it mm-hmm. the decentralized decentralization of it so um i think that would create some positive ripples in our the news that we see too yeah. like uh applications that run decentralized like not just feeding us what we want to see yeah but it'd be interesting to see how they come up with it in practice right that would be very fascinating to see the difference you know all think, of the real the real stuff not just what they want yeah. to see you know because i don't think a lot of people necessarily even want to get out of their bubble too that's the other problem i think you're right it's it's people are it's almost easier to live in denial right like versus go out there and then you find out you're the only one who's like who's yeah. awake you know for for lack of a better description um you know our you bubbles can see are, all these things right our bubbles are you know to some capacity are um identity almost Right. Everything that we choose to believe over time, if it's not if it's not a gradual change, it tends to create I think it creates a lot of discomfort. Yeah. So if my whole world will be blown apart by if I was just fed a lot of information that was counterintuitive to how I thought and what I stood for and things like that, um, it would definitely be uncomfortable. And I think that a lot of people would not be willing to just be like okay well yeah just destroy my sense of identity right here exactly (laughs) i mean that's that's supposed to be who they are they'd have to relearn everything they thought they knew you know and and right and why do that when you can live in the uh the illusion i I don't want to get my identity shredded (laughs) yeah yeah no it's very exactly so, um, okay, um, I'm going to start to end our podcast. Um, the time is coming. But um, I did, I like how you're ending it where we're talking about AI and, and future possible changes. Um, yeah. We started off by talking about uh, future, right? And how mm-hmm. um, the imagination uh, can be created right now. And then later you'll, you may see it come to fruition, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see if this happens with the AI as well. That'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, thank you very yeah. much for spending the time to talk to me. And um, I, do you have anything you'd like to say to anybody? Um, uh, stay open to new ideas. It's kind of, I think it's important. And no matter how small or big, depending on how I interpret the idea, you can, I can always personalize it. Um, have like a quick personal story, like something that I wasn't really interested in mm-hmm. um, led to a really big idea in my personal business, for example. So um, no matter how small or big or things like that, our brains have this uh, really interesting capacity to combine different ideas. And so any idea is has a potential to kind of change our frame of reference, which really important to always keep it open. So. Definitely. 
Thank you yeah. very much. I really appreciate it. And um, everyone, please make sure you subscribe and follow us and like um, and uh, put in some comments if you have any uh, questions. Um, and we look forward to speaking to you again at the next podcast.